happy. Look at somebody and say, I'm really glad to see you, or I know they won't see your lips, so just wave at them and show them your happy eyes. I'm really glad to see you all, and we have had an amazing week And so we welcome everyone to ICF Rome, the International Christian Fellowship, and it is the first Sunday in February, and our theme is Ready for Victory. And so today, I get the privilege of launching us into this new theme of Ready for Victory. And I know that some of you have faced some very difficult days in the past few weeks, But I want you to know that God has a victory for you. He has a victory for your heart. He has a victory for your mind. He has a victory for your circumstance. He has an ability to refresh our spirit. Those songs that we have sang and worshiped with just remind us, who does the battle belong to? The God, the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. And the victory belongs to me. Amen? Because I belong to the Lord. So we praise God for that. So this morning, this is our verse for the month. Will you say it with me? For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So today, as we begin this month of victory, I want you to think about victory not as an event. I want you to think about it as a mindset, as a way that you go through the processes of life, ready for victory. That's a mindset. That's a process. And so I want to break this verse down. We are going to have communion together. So for our online family, get your cups and your juice and your crackers ready to take communion with us. Pastor Rick will lead us at the end of this service. And, um, but I want you to remember that Christ wants you to have the victory that he went to the cross for. Amen. And so we're going to break down this verse, 1 John 5, 4, into basically five points, all right? So what is the very uh, first word I want you to pull out of this verse? Everyone. Everyone. Say everyone. Now I want you to say, that means me. I want you to think about that. That verse means me. I'm part of everyone. It doesn't say um, some people. It doesn't say only the people who are full of faith and confidence. It says everyone. So that is very important. It's simple, but very important. It means you and me. Amen? Amen. Secondly, the verse says to be born of God. Be born of God. What does that mean? That Jesus is in charge. Some of us like to control the circumstances. Some of us, you know, um, you have to really work to kind of put it back in God's hands often. But to be born of God, really born of God in your heart, your soul, your mind, your spirit, it means that I am giving God, I am giving Jesus the ability to govern my decisions, to help me with my thought processes, to help me with my actions and my reactions. And so I would like to say this to all of us. If you're still trying to move your ship and run your ship, maybe you need to move over 
and give the captain of your soul the proper place. Amen? It's a simple thought, but so many times we get frustrated because we are trying to make it happen in our own power. And this says, if I will be born of God and God is in control, I will see the victory. Amen? The third thing is that we are to realize that nothing in the world, nothing, say nothing. Say nothing online. Nothing. Type it in the chat. Nothing. Nothing is too hard for God. Is it too hard for God to give comfort in grief? No. Is it too hard for God to give resources when you are lacking? No. In fact, the food pantry is open today for those in need. Is it too hard for God to sustain you while you're in the waiting period? No. Nothing. Say it again. Nothing in the world is too hard for God. Can you get that in your spirit? If you get that, you think this is too hard. God can't do this one. I've been praying about this one for a long time. The Holy Spirit wants to remind you today, nothing, nothing is too hard for God. In fact, John 16, tells us that he said, I've overcome the world. Don't worry. Be of good cheer, Jesus said. Remember, he made deaf ears open. He made blind eyes see. He restored people who were crazed by years of turmoil. He forgave betrayal. He brought dead men to life, even himself. God can bring the dead things to life in your life. Maybe your dreams feel dead. Maybe your purpose and your passion feels dead. Maybe your commitment feels dried up. God is in the business of bringing dead things to life. Nothing is too hard for God. Now here's this other part. Recognize his authority. Why do I keep saying that? Because we live in a world where everybody has authority over us, right? Who, they tell us when we can go to the restaurant. They tell us we have to have masks. They, but by the way, we can go to a restaurant for lunch in Italy. Is anybody happy about that? Come on. I'm happy. I don't have to cook at least one of those meals. I'm happy. <laughs> but we have to recognize God's authority over everything. And I want to say to you that I think this world and the enemy is trying to steal the way we do our life. And if we get resistant to authority and get, we get resistant to the authority of, of government, we get resistant to the authority of our family, of, our, of the fathers in our family or the, the leaders in our family, there's this thing that the enemy does to make us diminish the power of God in your life when you don't recognize authority. There's a reason why we need to recognize authority. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 4 says. God who, who said, let light shine out of darkness. And, and I didn't give them this verse because I want you to hear it from me. Darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. When we recognize his authority and God heals us, I can say glory to God. When we recognize his authority and he comforts us and somebody 
says, how can you seem to be in peace? I can say it's the power of the Holy Spirit. When I don't have an answer, that's when the testimony comes. That's not only when the test comes, but that's when the testimony comes. So I want you to look at this verse in Isaiah 40, verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens. Now think about that. The waters of the earth he holds in the hollow of his hand. That's my God. That's the one I recognize the authority over. That's the one that brought dead bones to life and made them rattle. That's the one that has the resurrection power to keep you and sustain you. Amen? Somebody should say amen. He holds the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breadth of his hand, which means just that big. But imagine God's hand marked off the heavens. I mean, you can look up in the sky and see how big the heavens are, right? And imagine that's just the breadth of his hand. God's hand is as big as when you look up in the sky. Can you imagine who has held the dust of the earth in a little basket? Or, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance. Could you imagine weighing the mountains? That is the God we serve. I want you to understand that when you recognize his power and authority, you learn to walk in victory. Anybody feel like they are superwoman, superman, superperson every day, 365 days a year? Anybody? Raise your hand. I want to meet you after. Nobody, nobody raised their hand in here. I don't know if you raised your hand online, but I'm telling you, not one of us is superman or superwoman. I will tell you because I love the man that I have been married to for 40 plus years, that he was superman this week to me. He did a lot of wonderful things for you and for us here at the church. So can you give a, a clap to that? I love you. That was a praise for Pastor Rick, but he might not love me now. He's not Superman. He, he will always love me. Won't you nod your head? <laughs> He's not Superman because after he did all that really physical labor, he was really tired. And his back was a little bit sore because he did a lot of bending and lifting and painting and stuff like that. Because he's not God. I love him. I admire and respect him immensely. But I must understand that I can't put the way I think about a human being into the way I think about God. God will never let us down. God will never let you down. God will never get too weak or too tired or physically sore or mentally exhausted. God will never do that. He holds the waters of the earth in the palm of his hand. Recognize his authority. So here's the last part of that verse. It says, even our faith. Say faith. Type in the word faith. Type in the word use faith. How do you use faith? How do you spend faith? How do you refill faith? Those are important things. You can have faith. I've met people who say, I believe that God exists. I believe that Jesus died on a cross. But they don't use 
the faith in Christ to walk in a victory mindset. So why do you need to use your faith? I want you to think about that. Why? What happens if you don't use it? It just sits there. Faith saves. It saves me. It makes sure I'm going to heaven. Faith heals me when I'm sick and I ask the Lord to help me. Faith brings peace. Faith gives you a firm foundation. Faith keeps you moving. When you don't want to move, when you don't feel like moving, remember this, just in case you don't believe me, from the scripture it says, it might look like a dead end, but so did the Red Sea. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may feel lost in another land, but so did Ruth. You may feel pursued by the enemy, but so did Moses. Amen, amen. It may look too big to conquer, but so did Goliath. Amen. It may look like it's over. It's dead. It's the end of the story, but so did the cross. Golgotha was dark and death was real, but so is the resurrection that brought those dry bones to life. Amen. God has a victory in this chapter for you. We can say, Lord, I'm laying it at your feet and reminding my heart that I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer when I use the faith of Jesus Christ in my life. You might have to get up and refill your faith every morning. You may have to get up and refill your faith later this afternoon once again. How many of you have ever experienced a victory and then you're you're feeling like, oh, I'm doing great, I'm doing good, and then bam, you get some bad news? Anybody? (laughs) I'm the only one? Yeah, thank you, thank you. So when I use faith, when I spill my faith out, I have to refill my faith. I have to use my faith because as long as he's in my life, it's not over. And guess what? As long as he's in my life, it won't ever be over. I will walk on golden streets one day, and I will stand around his throne and worship him. But I won't get to do that if I quit in the middle of the battle. If I give up in the middle of a feeling of defeat. Those are the moments in the middle of the test when our praise and our faith begins to grow. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He said to the daughter that they thought was dead, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. He said to the man, your faith has made you well. Rise and go. He said to the blind man, go and wash in the pool. Your faith will get you moving. Say, my faith will get me moving. I mean, the blind man that was told to go wash in the pool, what if he didn't get moving? He had faith, but he didn't use it. He had to get moving. Your faith will give you sight. He said to the man, pick up your mat and walk. Your faith will make you walk. Don't give up. Get up. 
And I've said it many times in the last couple weeks as we've had some amazing online experiences with so many of you, the men and the women and the young adults, and Thursday and Wednesday night. Don't give up. Get up. This is so important. The world is trying to make us afraid to get up. Amen? COVID is not in charge of God's children. I want you to know that. We do everything possible to keep ourselves protected and shielded and recognize the governmental authority and restrictions, but I will not live in fear because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And that is a victory mindset. Amen? Amen. So if I have this victory mindset, then I remember it's not an event, it's a process. So in the middle of my process, I don't lose my victory. Right, Lenora? In the middle of my process, I keep walking. I keep trusting because God is very good at bringing victories out of battles like we sang this morning. Think of it. Out of the lion's den for Daniel. Out of the prison for Peter. Out of the belly of the whale for Jonah. Out of the storm for the disciples. Out of healing for, for the lepers. He removed doubt for Thomas. You might think your doubt is too big. God already took care of that. He gave us victory over doubt. And removing the shackles of prison for Paul. Even we have the story of Paul here in Rome. That is amazing to me. In case you ever wondered about the Bible, you need to go to the Mamertine prison if you're here in Rome and think about Paul writing here in this city. Paul bound by shackles in the belly of the city, facing death and defeat, what some would say was defeat. And yet, he wrote some of the most powerful words of victory in the Bible. I'm thankful for that. Amen? I'm thankful for that because here is the promise for victory. Isaiah 43, 2. When we pass through the waters, God says, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. And Romans 8, 37 says, no. Everybody say no. Say no online. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That means more than victorious through him who loved us. We are ready, so ready, ready from head to toe, ready to raise a God song of victory. And I'm telling you, if you've come out of January, this month of prayer and fasting, and you have asked the Lord to speak to you, you have said, God, I survived 2020, but somehow 2021 didn't start exactly the way some of us were hoping for. This thing is going on a little bit longer, or some things have happened. But here is the word of the Lord. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God loves you. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your relationships. This month, we often talk about relationships. It's February, and so there's things out there. But I want you to know the greatest love story ever written can be found in the book of the Bible. 
in the books of the Bible. The greatest love story ever written can be found in the red letters of the Bible. Those are the words and the teaching of Jesus. So this morning, as we prepare to take communion, Pastor Rick is going to give you an opportunity to pray and to say, Lord, give me that victory mindset. But I'm asking you today, will you shift your focus a little bit? Will you stop thinking of victory as an event? And will you start thinking of victory as a mindset and as a process? And God is in it, and it's not finished.